A question for you. Do you or a member of your team need to be trained on the new European medical device regulation? Then register to the Green Belt Certification Program. Multiple sessions are available. Check at easymedicaldevice.com GB. And don't forget to use the promo code POD2022 to get 10% discount. P-O-D-2022. Okay, talk to you soon. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. I am Munir Alazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standards today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Lazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And today we wanted to help you to learn more about uh, clinical evaluation by providing you experiences. So mainly uh, you know that uh, we changed for MDD to, from MDD to MDR. Uh, so we have also some changes of rules on how to consider some of the elements that are on the medical device uh, regulation. And clinical evaluation is one of the biggest or most difficult topic that we had actually. And after a few months now of working with clinical evaluation reports about uh, discussing with notified bodies, uh, looking at difficulties, etc. So um, we, we wanted to make an episode where we will share with you maybe some good practices or things that we learned from it. And I have with me Cesare Magri from uh, Be on Clinical uh, that uh, will be helping us for that because, yeah, we are working also with Cesare for, for some of the uh, CER, so we have uh, a lot of <laughs> learnings and a lot of stories maybe to, to discuss about. So, Cesare, welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Hello. Hi, Monique. Thank you for hosting me. Yeah, so nice. as I said, so we we got now multiple CERs under our belt. So a uh, lot of experience with uh, also uh, notified bodies. Uh, so the, I think this is something that can really help. But can you first uh, make an introduction of yourself and, and maybe on Beyond Clinical, what you are doing exactly? Yes, so we are a small CRO, clinical research organization that helps with all aspects of the um, clinical certification of the devices. So not just creating the documentation, but also planning studies, conducting studies, and uh, um, most especially creating the strategy that allows to bring a product on the market, the clinical strategy. Great. So um, it's why, uh, as I said, I'm working with uh, Cesare because it's mainly uh, a good experience for the moment. We have really great, uh, great, uh, great work together. So Cesare, um, I'm, as I said, we were having now more and more experience uh, about CRs. So, but before we go through that, after a few months now of MDR in place, after a few months of interaction, um, you worked before under MDD. Now we work under MDR. Um, have, do you have maybe now a list of things that you see that are, is really a big difference between MDD and MDR for clinical evaluation? Yes, it is. So uh, the, the changes actually started to show up well before the introduction of the MDR. I yeah. think already mid-2020, we started uh, seeing things are changing and it was not immediately clear how things uh, were going to change. So it was a very steep uh, learning curve. It was very interesting. And uh, uh, I think it, it was not just interesting to see how it developed, but it was also interesting to see where it went to okay. and how I think actually this process will probably indeed 
improve the quality of the devices uh, on, on the market. So I think overall, I would judge it as a positive change, but it was it was challenging and it is still challenging for many uh, medical devices. So the story we can summarize is that actually there's a lot of change, but formally nothing had changed. So the okay. rules behind the, um, the clinical evaluation of today, they were out there uh, since 2016 already, you know? so that that was the the, the the moment where manufacturers starting feeling the pressure of this clinical evaluation report and uh, and started uh, rearranging things. But this rule were not really implemented until let's say the beginning of uh, 2021, and the real turning point was uh, the presence of the reviewers at the notified uh, body. So the, the presence of the clinical reviewers, that really make a, a difference in the sense that they started reviewing the clinical documentation with new eyes, okay? So it's, it was a, a, a different way of, uh, of review and their eyes were those of science, let's say. So it, it went from a formal process to a process of substance in which you really have to uh, uh, numbers uh, and with data, all your assertions, and uh, and probably also the, the the main sentence from the MDR also that had an impact was the one on the definition of uh, clinical data that clearly stated that data clinical data is data from the device or from an equivalent device. But, yeah. So these these two steps were uh, really uh, important, and uh, at the moment, uh, at the beginning, there was a, a moment of uh, feeling lost. So where are we going here? Because suddenly the rules had, had changed, and uh, they had changed for uh, all parties involved. No? So for the manufacturers and for uh, the notifying bodies uh, as well. We, we will review them afterwards, but and. A huge delay in, um, in that is still ongoing uh, in the review of the clinical evaluation. So, uh, clinical evaluation that were uh, submitted, where then uh, one would get the, the response after six months. And in this transition period, six months was a lot. So, it meant yeah. going from MDD rule to MDR rule suddenly. And so, the, the documents were becoming obsolete. And, uh, but I think we are away from, from then now, now, at least concerning CPCR, there is, it's starting to plateau. So the rules are starting to become fixed. I think there's gonna be more changes relating to the clinical processes in this year and next year. But uh, concerning the structure of the clinical evaluation, I think these processes are starting to, to crystallize. So we have, um, we have the-, the parties. Yeah, we have we have the um, the MedDev, if I can say that is still if I can say the Bible, yes. uh, the yes. Bible for for the creation. And when you read the MedDev, yeah, it's really complete. You have maybe to change inside uh, some of the uh, essential requirements to uh, move them to GSPR, or you have to yes. change some of the references to uh, 9342C. But the 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 content is really clear. Plus, we have also some MDCG guidance now that are explaining about equivalent devices, how you can make uh, things that are equivalent also. So there is more, if I can say, uh, higher higher level. Uh, as you said, a lot of things are, were already existing before. It's just that there is better reviewer or people that are really checking uh, documentation now and are helping for, for doing that. But um, it's, it's, it's really, I mean, for me, the... the 
the difficulty is really to discuss with a reviewer and convince him because mainly we have a lot of, uh, I mean, also the manufacturers that we are uh, representing, they have a lot of expertise about their device. And the point is to have a discussion with the notified body to say what we provide to you is good, is, is, is excellent. And this is where we have this kind of uh, discussion that can go good or bad or uh, can, uh, can be a problem here. So, uh, So you have yeah. always, I mean, in your experience now with Notified Boys, do you have always some discussion about CR or it's, you have some CR that always pass and it's fine? So there is maybe one or two that have some difficulties. It doesn't need uh, always to be discussions. Uh, there are sometimes points to, to be clarified, but I think that we're starting to really get the, a grip on the structure, on the on the concepts. It's It's... It's, we are also more able already to inform the clients, look, you are in a good position or you are in a bad position. So, and to, 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 to explain uh, what, what is the open risk uh, of, of technical evaluation. But before we get on the, on the specific example, so what I want to say is uh, that this new, this new way of using the rules or, and especially this new rule of the MDR concerning what is a clinical data, They have introduced a, a core difference, not just two documents. Okay, they are. Uh, it used to be the manufacturer were developing their products, getting to the end, close for the before the certification. They were thinking, "Oh, I need these two documents for the technical documentation. Uh, let me help um, creating that." And this has changed completely now. Uh, the clinical uh, evaluation is is a process that really spans the whole time life of the device from, from when you start conceiving the uh, intended purpose, practically to the device hand. And I think this is the thing that the uh, manufacturers have to keep in mind. If you think about the history of uh, the um, regulatory affair for medical devices, so it started with the regulators really norming the technical part of the development. So manufacturers are also there 20, 30 years ago, there used to be no documentation concerning hardware, software, and so on. Okay, But uh, step by step, they forced the creation of this documentation. And it, it it's now given that you start uh, planning your hardware and software at the very beginning, because if you if you wait at the very least, you're just not going to get the, the software that you want. And the same thing is now with the clinical uh, process. So, The thing you have to start planning your clinical process at the beginning in order to be able at the end to have the correct uh, through the um, through a certification. And I cannot stress this enough. It's not just enough anymore to just say, "Please create me a document." It's about uh, talking. Uh, up, uh, from the beginning about this process and making clarity, because I think that's the main problem also that was often op uh, open with the reviewers. There, there was no clarity, but often I would say from the manufacturer side. Uh, side. So uh, an ability to well-define the indication of a, of, uh, of a device, an uh, inability to clearly define uh, the medical claim of, of a device. When the reviewers were complaining that they could not understand, they were actually right. This information was often presented in a complete blurred or very generic way uh, that uh, could not be pinned uh, down in terms of clinical evidence. And so the first reaction was on probably on these points, and it was 
three rules. Give me clear indication, yeah. give me clear, clear claims, and give me clinical data that reflects this, uh, this uh, two first point. Okay? And this is, is uh, not easy uh, to do because it requires lots of uh, background in the medical field and uh, and then also uh, obviously uh, to have the data and it requires making clarity the problem is that the clinical information at penny manufacturing was like lying in the air i would say everyone would know about it about would have an idea of what the indication uh, were but it was never really structured um in a, a formally and in a in a very systematic and uh, consistent way, and this is where uh, what what the problem was. So these documents were reflecting this lack of clarity, and then it, the problem is that for the reviewer it would be also very hard to understand what they had to pinpoint. So what is the population here? So for which data uh, should I uh, look for for data? Yeah. And uh, so that, that was the, the first difficulty. And the second difficulty, obviously, to uh, find uh, clinical data. Although for many clinical devices, there are often loads of uh, publication in the, on the field that's where, where you can see that this device has been used. Uh, and uh, they provide also data con concerning clinical outcomes. Um, for some manufacturers, it was, it was hard to really find data concerning their device. And this means uh, um, collecting data with the device itself. I think that another uh, huge problem was also maybe a psychological uh, problem from the manufacturer yeah. side. So the fear of this clinical process, I think it was gigantic. So while, let's say, every manufacturer that does hardware, they know that they have to apply the 6061. They know that they will have uh, to undergo the um, uh, magnet, uh, electromagnetic tests and so on. And they are prepared to this. And uh, while they are not prepared to this idea, I will have also to confront uh, my uh, the, the, the use of the device on, on the field with my data. and since they might not know exactly what, what does it mean now doing uh, collecting this data, doing the study, sometimes I have the feeling that they fear the process more than it actually, it, it, is, it is hard. Well, it's, Obviously, it's easier than what they, I mean, it's, it's not easier. It's really structured. So we already know about it. And it's just that as they don't know, it's more about, will it cost me a lot of money? Will it cost me a lot of time? Will there a risk that maybe I will fail with their risk? I mean, I think it's all those questions that they are having and, and you need to answer. Yes, but and but the point is, imagine that you never consider the electromagnetic compatibility of your device until the very end. Obviously, it's, it's going to be a, a gigantic problem. Yeah, but if you plan and develop... Uh, uh, for it from the beginning, usually it's, it becomes some, something addressable. Maybe you will have to put uh, some ferrite somewhere to, 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 to uh, uh, reduce the interference, but it becomes addressable. While uh, if you do it at the end, it's, it's over. You, you have to re redesign the device. And it's the same exact thing with the clinical uh, aspects of, of the device. If you wait till the end and suddenly you have this block, oh, now I have to test my device, it's, it becomes expensive, complicated. You have to redo things. You delay things a lot. But if you play in from, the, from the very beginning, it's a very addressable process that I would compare it somehow to, to the... To the uh, 
uh, electrum, uh, electrical norms uh, somehow to, to, to as you said planning planning is maybe the planning is mainly the the key here is to um, not wait i mean it's it's the same as what we are when we are saying that when should you call a regulatory affairs person or work with this person it's from the beginning it's not waiting yeah. that you have designed the products and at the end oh here is the products can you please now register that on the market and then Absolutely. you start to say, oh, do you have that? Do you have that? Do you have that? No, I don't have. Oh, then you have the problem. So here is the same. So from the beginning, already have a clinical evaluation or clinical uh, strategy. And then, yeah, you know already what is needed or which question you have to answer all along the way before you arrive to this, uh, this clinical evaluation. Um, and yeah. So, no, so, uh, the other thing that I have noticed is that when the manufacturer develop, uh, the, the, devote this time to make this clinical uh, clarity, they also get a lot back concerning the knowledge of their own devices. I think it's, it's really surprising to see uh, if one helps them making clarity on what are the indication, what is the data, what are the outcomes, what are the known adverse events on the field. They, it's, you really have like haha moments where they say, oh, whoa, okay, now this makes sense. And uh, now I know also to address how to in the in, in the PMS or in the uh, risk uh, management, it's, it, it it gives something back apart from the also the marketing potential. You know? So having just conduct collected some good data that showed that your device work, I mean that's something that the manufacturers put on the front page of their website saying, yeah. look, these are our uh, outcomes. No? And as I said, it's nothing impossible to be thought of and. And I know I noticed that there is more and more awareness. Uh, we we support like a bootcamp for startups, and this was like last year. Nobody knew about um, uh, clinical evaluation details. This year, they, they were all aware that they would have to collect uh, uh, some sort of data with their devices. Uh, they didn't know exactly how to do it, but there was this uh, this awareness. And well, there is less, a, a less fear, if I can say, less fear to do that yeah. because they already know about uh, about all that. Um, yeah. Okay, so um, now in terms of uh, creation of a clinical evaluation, as we said, we have maybe, as we said, to start from the beginning to have a strategy and to define that. When we are now collecting the data, how long it takes to create a clinical evaluation report, plan, etc. So what is kind of a timeline approximately to create this kind of documentation? Okay, so the, the thing is, the, the structure should be, you have a first draft of uh, your intended purpose, really the, the bare minimum conception of, of the device that you want to work, and you start working on the state of the art. Okay, that's uh, so the state of the art, it's sometimes uh, thought of as, uh, well, I just need to write like a Wikipedia page on the disease of my, uh, that I want to address, something like this, and that's it. And that's absolutely not it. That's probably one of the biggest parts of the clinical evaluation uh, nowadays, and it requires addressing very specific information. So what are the outcomes that are standard language of, uh, in which the doctor in this field speak about the performance and the safety of uh, a certain therapy. What are the benchmark uh, devices I should compare myself uh, to, uh, to? What are the different techniques and what are the numbers that show that my technique is still acceptable and so on. So it's, it's, and it's, it's a time consuming process yeah. that however, returns a lot of information. So that's in theory, one could really think I start con start conceiving my, my device. I create the state of the art. It could be an independent document. It could be part of the CP. And it's already a, a big part of um, 
of uh, of the entire work, I would say. And once you have the document, then you have all the information that you need to start uh, to understand which data I need for my device, either as a clinical evaluation or as, uh, sorry, as a clinical investigation or as um, data, looking for data on uh, in the literature. But that's really the, the first uh, step. And once you have the state of the art and you have the data, actually, then wrapping together the CR, it's, it's probably not the, the, the most time-consuming part. You might have to do some analysis and so on. But it's, it's this whole planning part and understanding the field, understanding how the field speaks and how the doctors there work, it's, uh, it's a very uh, um, uh, time-consuming uh, part. And this needs to be done really, really at the beginning. Yeah. I, I have, I have, I mean, we have, uh, as I've said, I worked with you for, for multiple CERs. And uh, lastly, we use this kind of methodology, methodology with one of our customers. And I saw really that it, it helped a lot, even the customer at the end to understand the strategy because this helps to define the next strategy for the CR, define where we should go on that way, on that way, to also anticipate maybe some questions, some issues that we can uh, have to uh, deal with, and then to discuss directly with the customer about the strategy and where we go. So I, I think for me, yeah, working with the state of the art was a high opening, if I can say, say, oh yes, by doing this, we already gather information that we say we should go in that direction or that direction because we have not enough data here, so let's go in that direction because here we have some data, so it gives some hints also. And yeah, as you said, it's also time-consuming. It's not just a Wikipedia search, <laughs> as you are saying. It's, it was a, really a lot of uh, a lot of work, and uh, but uh, I really understand that. So I think I think really people have to think that the state of the art means doing systematic review with meta-analysis essentially. So it's a uh, it's a time-consuming process. It's really not just a summary with a few data. It's creating systematic review meta-analysis. One can download the Cochrane book on systematic reviews. That's essentially uh, the process. Uh, okay. The, obviously, the, the more you do, the faster you, you get. But that's the concept uh, of doing it. And by just by reading the book, you will see that it's it's a it's a time-consuming work. But it's a very well invested uh, work because it, once you you have a grip on that part then you have a grip on the clinical evaluation of, of your device. You will, you will understand what is possible, what is not possible, which claim I should delete because I will never be able to, to demonstrate and which claims instead I can really uh, show with, uh, um, with my device. It's, it's so, really, so I cannot you, stress how much important that is. Yeah, but would you say that this is also the most difficult part of a CER? Yes, it's it's a difficult part because it requires uh, lots of competencies. Uh, so that's also something. Sometimes I I, I struggle to explain this. It's I, so also the, the the idea of the CR done done by one person, one employee, just like this. It's I think it's over. It really requires lots of competencies. You you need to involve doctors. You need to involve people with a background in statistic, and uh, so it's. It, it, that's also something a bit hard sometimes uh, to accept because it's hard to have to find an employee that's just gonna do it all and uh, and uh, in the in the proper way it's uh, it's a very com it requires lots of uh, different aspects so it's and yeah, uh, it requires also being able to discuss with people that understand uh, the terminology the way of doing things um, 
No, I think it's I think it's a team that has to work, and it's what I'm saying always. Even uh, so, we are doing some trainings like a green belt training, and uh, when we arrive to the clinical part, we are explain. Yeah, you cannot do it with one person. I mean, unless you find really the we call the the magic chip or the the liquor now, somebody that is really uh, yeah skilled on everything and usually uh, can be proving that. But normally, it's a team of people with different levels, different skills, different uh, knowledge, and it's also better to have a team so that you can confront ideas and and also get uh, get a better better solution uh, at the end um one question that i had for you so uh, you know that um mdcg uh, they are have issued this um, uh, clinical evaluation report assessment uh, tool so this is mainly the template that is used um, by notified bodies to assess that your cr is is working fine etc so uh, are you using that also for verifying that your CR is matching with the requirements or it's, it's really not a tool that is really helpful or, I mean, for, for, for the creation of a CR? So, so uh, definitely it is like, a, let's say, the, the template for the checking for notified body. So you have to have it in mind. We also obviously took it and went step by step to see if we forgot anything or if we had something that we didn't include in our CRs, that's definitely the case. I don't think it can, uh, one can use it for creating a CR. It's uh, the structure, it's, it's not suited for that, but uh, it, it needs, it, once you have done the CR, you can go through it and check, okay, this I have, this I have. Uh, as I said, I think that if one now follows the standard um, process with the creation of the state of the art, all these outcomes that are required, and then the collection of the data, implicitly you will have to, you will have already um, addressed most of the uh, of this MDCG template because it automatic automatically you will have to answer some some uh, some question uh, on your on your own otherwise you you cannot uh, you cannot proceed. Okay. So keep um, it in mind, but it's not a solution. That's a... I understand. Um, in terms of uh, notified bodies, so as we said, we have also now a shift in terms of uh, mm -hmm. uh, of the expertise in terms of notified bodies and questions and uh, relation on that. So, um, can you maybe share with us some of the discussion that you had with them, where there was some or misunderstanding or some uh, some argumentation, or where you have really to convince? So, what is there like a pattern where on this point? There, there is always some argumentation or some discussion on that, or on this point, they are really looking for this or for that. So is this something that we can share with the, with the people here? Yeah, so, so the first thing is, for, first of all, in this process, both sides are uh, learning. So yeah. the manufacturers are learning and the notified bodies are, are learning. So one should not also expect that they have always the, the, the right answer or, or the solution to, to something because some aspects at, the, at that point, if they are not clear to you, they might also not be clear or not be well established uh, yet also for the notified body. So everyone is learning and I think they, they are willing to have some, some degree of, of flexibility. So uh, there was a, was a moment of, uh, there was an issue in, in which this MDD, um, CR was still handed in and then being reviewed as MDR practically uh, or so on. That was uh, probably, uh, probably a moment of conflict because the two things were really not passing together. However, I have, I have to say that 
sometimes we also get irritated from uh, from from this lack of understanding from from the two sides but i have to say that overall we learned a lot from the not notified body and uh, they were sometimes a, a step ahead in in the process uh, it, so i think so the process for the clinical evaluation for the medical devices has been very much uh, molded on the one for the um uh, pharma, uh, pharmaceuticals. Okay. okay. So the, the templates come from there with the pros and cons of it. So the pros are that it was a well-structured process, quite complicated, but the, the cons are that many medical devices are not therapeutic or yeah. uh, are, you know, if they've been uh, on the market for ages and nobody has cared about this process, or for many medical devices, you also cannot like really pin down a specific um, indication so easily some are very broad range where usually the medication that you know they target a specific disease and they have a very th therapeutic uh, goal so that was probably the point where there was more conflict also with identified body because we were telling look this is what you are requesting me now to 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 define one mdcg code uh, sorry ict code for my device you know and when it's uh, take a thermometer you know it's when it's completely generic uh, as here we're not we're not speaking the same language right and, uh, and the problem is that they had to to also tick their 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 boxes uh indication data and they internally maybe also didn't have the solution on how to address uh, this uh, problem but i think that now with uh, one year one year and a half uh, through uh, they are starting to, uh, they have understood that and they are starting also to find a solution for that. Okay. So I think, especially now, there is more room to discuss uh, certain uh, things and certain specific type of uh, problematic devices that don't fit in this uh, classical indication therapy uh, uh, pattern for which the, the process was designed initially. Okay. So that I think there, there's been lots of uh, lots of progress. And um, also, if you listen to the webinars of the notified body, uh, or you speak to them during the, for the reviews, you will start seeing that for some stuff, they are really starting to see uh, things a bit different and approving solution that maybe a year ago when they were also starting with their uh, hard checklist they might not have accepted or they okay. didn't know how to frame it so i think there is a bit it, it looks good so uh, some, that is some, good. Some... I, I think i think i think the idea here is as you've said i think it's the key thing is uh, there is a learning from both sides uh, and um, what happened maybe one year ago is now maybe smoother so it's always the same so we have we have a new regulation so we try to be harder because there is a new regulation and then we get smoother because we have a better understanding of of yes, of the, they, of they've the learned a lot. We have learned a lot. Manufacturers have learned a lot. So I think, and it, it's starting to get uh, in a good uh, position concerning clinical evaluation. This doesn't mean that it's over. I think there are several points that uh, are still not really being touched at the moment that will become the subject of the next years. For example, the rule relationship between clinical evaluation and risk management, which at the moment is just briefly yeah, reviewed or, or mentioned or uh, the relationship between uh, with PMS and, and so on it's gonna be uh, 
is going to intensify a lot in the next year. I think this is going to be the, the topic of this of this year and maybe longer if they depends on how fast they want to implement this. Since they've been now also complaining for manufacturers uh, com concerning MDR, it might be that they do it a bit slower uh, than, for example, with the issue of the CR. But I think that especially with the PSUR, uh, there is going to be a new step in which uh, processes that, that at, the, at the moment were being treated completely separately from the clinical evaluation, they will be much more connected uh, to the CR and CP and to the whole uh, clinical evaluation process. I think we're going to see a change in the way risk management is, is done. Okay, uh, so not, not real links, so some links with between yes. all the different systems which are yes. operating separately, but there is if there is a trigger on one that can uh, yeah involve the other one, etc. So and I think, I it's, think uh, right now they're keeping really the, the, the check level at the minimum uh, concerning that. So it's still a formal check. I think that there is going to evolve into uh, making it uh, clinically meaningful. So, yeah. so now let's reanalyze your clinical evaluation from the point of view of the clinical data that you collected for the state of the art and for your device. What does it really mean? And that's that uh, we, we see it starting now already with uh, the bigger manufacturers and they are already thinking about it. But uh, it, I think it's going to be the, the topic of, the, of this year and it's going to change quite consistently the way risk management has been done. I understand that. So uh, is there also, now, now that we talk about notified bodies, was there also some surprises from your side uh, when we go now to manufacturers and we tell them, um, now we have to do this, now we have to do that, and maybe it will take more time, so the price will be higher or will be increased, etc. So was there also some surprises or some misunderstanding from their side? Uh, so from the notified body or from no, no, the manufacturers? manufacturers? When you go to manufacturers and that are coming to you and say, now we have to do, uh, they ask you to do the CR for them. And then when you tell them how much time is needed, what is needed, et cetera. And if they have yes. an experience with MDD and MDR, they see, oh, but it's too much or it's not the same budget or the same thing. So are they understanding or they, is there any misunderstanding here? No, I mean it's it's still it's still uh, ongoing. I think we are still uh, we're we're still seeing it. So I think the the big manufacturer, the problem they they've also been they've been hit the faster because maybe they have more products, you know, that get uh, constantly reviewed, and the hardest uh, for notified bodies. So they they uh, they already adapt in this new thinking, but especially this the small medium one, uh, some either they 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 are not yet in the new cycle or uh, um, don't 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 know the new process already. Some still ask like how how is this possible? How, why are you asking me to do this? And last time you didn't ask uh, for the same. Yeah. Thing, what's happening here and uh and uh it's we, we try to explain but it's, it's sometimes it's, it's not so easy honestly I, there there were also situations where i wish i had been harder and uh you know and said no you now go and collect data with this device because it's not going to work and then it doesn't work and uh so if uh, there, there are retrospectively there are some situations like one year and a half ago where i thought okay yeah actually i should have even been, been uh, harder and, and forced the, the customer to collect data because uh, it, it's... Uh, it's um, because they work. try to avoid it anyway. They try to avoid to, to use their device because it costs also some money. If they can use already what is existing on the market for them, it's, it's better. And it's mainly what is they are thinking. But now, as you said, going to um, collect data on your device will be 
the must, if I can say. And uh, PMCF will also be something more and more used uh, to collect those data also in the future. So there is a lot of ways where you will have to do that. But most likely, this is something that a lot of notified bodies will look at, like collection of real data for, for, the, for the devices. Uh, because there is still this question about equivalent devices. Um, each time we have a CER, so uh, we, and we use equivalent devices, there is also a lot of uh, discussion with notified bodies about equivalent device. Is it really an equivalent device? Should we use that, etc.? So it's also something that is... Yeah, uh, not, not only that, but the, the, a big change with MDD considering, considering, uh, consisting equivalence uh, is that uh, uh, before you were just declaring equivalence and that yeah. was it. Now you are declaring equivalence and then you have to start collecting data from the equivalent device. And that's, that's a big change. That means it's not enough to, to, look at the uh, to find a device where you say, I, I'm equivalent. You have to find a device for... Uh, that is equivalent and for which we have access to the clinical data. So that you really have to start doing the process that you would do on your device for the uh, uh, competitor device. So uh, it's, it, it makes it uh, much harder, not only, and after you did this process, you have to throw everything away. Yeah. Now, uh, let's say just, just uh, so um, uh, to say like this, but, and then you have to start collecting your data in post-market clinical follow-up, which is easier, but it's not necessarily so much easier than even doing it uh, preclinically. So sometimes, I wonder whether this will effort to avoid the uh, clinic, uh, the collection of data with the device itself, it's 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 worth it because uh, it, it may delay a bit the, the pain, but it, at a certain point it's gonna come. And uh, so it's very hard nowadays to go, to get through without any type of um, uh, clinical data, unless it really makes sense for device. I mean, there are devices for which it really makes sense not to collect clinical data directly with this device. And then, and I think notified body are willing to accept that. But it, it's really, it's one has to think it's not anymore a, 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 a matter of formality or of convincing someone. It's really a, a matter of being reasonable based on your device, what it does, what its risk class is, and what the patient population is. So think, if I were to, to be the patient, what would I have liked the manufacturer to have done in order to assess that this device is safe and performing? And that's probably, that will give you probably the, the correct answer for uh, for your uh, device. I think. No, I think it's, it's, it's good. So thank you. Thank you for that. I think, yeah, I, I hope, yeah, this clarifies a lot of things for, for our audience here in terms of clinical evaluation, how to approach that and how maybe to get some good practices on, on, on doing that. Um, so as I said, I'm working with you on, on some CRs. Um, if people want to work with you, so what can you offer, if I can say, as a, as a service, what can you offer for, for, for the customers that are maybe interested to, to get some clinical evaluation or work with you? We directly? cover practically anything that you will need uh, clinically for uh, the certification and for the lifetime of your uh, device, I would say every possible aspect. Uh, the best thing is just is to contact us at the very beginning so that one can start discussing the strategy and uh, because this might even influence the way you develop your device uh, really physically or the software. So it's uh, the, the best thing is to start talking about it and that will also save the most time and the most uh, money possible. If it's already a project which is ongoing and so on, one tries to do the best with what is there and uh, one tries to find a, a solution so they can contact also us at uh, any time. 
and also for post-market clinical follow-up studies and planning or uh, surveys and uh, patient surveys. This is called rank four MDCG 06. No? Uh, so uh, that's also an option. They can also contact us. Great. Anywhere we'll place um, your contact details and uh, LinkedIn uh, profile also on, uh, on, uh, on the show notes. So don't hesitate to go there. As I said, I'm working with Cesare, so he's really a great professional. So uh, don't hesitate if you have any uh, any projects, uh, any project on clinical for, for him. Um, I, I mean, I guarantee that you will have a, a satisfaction with him. So um, great. So Cesare, really thank you for, for your help. Thank you for also um, providing, sharing with, you, with us your experience and knowledge. I think it's really valuable and I, I hope this will help a lot of uh, professionals uh, that are creating clinical evaluation report. And uh, then, yeah, let's see in future if there is maybe other learning that we can get from uh, the next projects and then we can organize Shout out, uh, shout out to the people here. Okay, so Cesare, thank you very much and I wish you a nice day. Thank you, Monir. Thank you so much. Bye Have bye. a nice day too. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it and also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much.